Hey there, entrepreneurs. If you did not have a chance to go back to last week's episode, you definitely do not want to miss it. I am sharing my number one tip that will help you shut down all that you know, negative self-talk. You know, it's the thing that I use, it's tried and true, and you do not want to miss it. So go back and check out that episode. I think it's a little over five minutes, so it won't take much of your time. But for right now, I am jumping in with the incredible Tanya Fox. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. entrepreneurs and welcome, welcome. Today's show is going to be a good one. I am joined by the incredible Tanya Fox and Tanya is going to share with you some amazing stories of her entrepreneurial journey. So let me give you a little bit more background about her. So after starting her first business in 1998, Tanya quickly realized that entrepreneurship and helping entrepreneurs would be, you know, one of her lifelong passions. She has owned service, retail, franchise businesses, still running three of those today. She also spends her time speaking and recording her weekly Fox Talks business podcast. She tries to always live by her tagline. And I gotta, I gotta love this, guys. This is, this is freaking fantastic. Um, remember to have fun. Because if you aren't having fun, then why are you doing it? And I would even maybe have next put it in there for you. Like, why the F are you doing it? <laughs> You're not having a little bit of fun. So, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm so thrilled to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, you have such great stories. But before we jump and kind of dive into, you know, there's a couple in particular we talked about. Um, just give, you know, give folks a little bit of background on how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I came from a very non-entrepreneurial family, like the my um, father worked, uh, it was in the military. My mother worked for the government. Um, that's what you did. Like you just, yeah. it was one or the other. I was an army cadet when I was younger. Like it was just, that was the path that you were on. And we only had one person in our family who, um, had started businesses, but he was kind of like that crazy uncle that like did all of these schemey things. Like he was like cleaning barbecues one day and then like selling green drinks. And like, it was just nothing ever really made money, but, um, he was like our glorified Tupperware lady. <laughs> and so there, there was never really a light that was shined on that. It was just, you, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college or university and then get a job, work at that for 40 years. And then like, I mean, that's your life. And and I was okay with that kind of until I got to high school. And then I ended up becoming a high school dropout because I couldn't stand it. Um, I really wanted to learn at a faster level than what they were teaching me. And I was getting into a lot of trouble. Um, and so I took a couple of years off and I worked, um, I worked at a hot dog stand. Um, so I would go home smelling like steamed hot dogs, which is the worst smell when you add that with a polyester shirt. Um, but I was making what I felt at the time it was $5 and 50 cents an hour, but that was like, that was a decent wage at that time. 
And um, so I realized that I didn't want to do this job forever and that something needed to change. So I decided to research to see, you know, do I need to go back to high school and deal with that? Or is there a way around it? And at the time there was, you could take two things. You could go for your GED um, here in, in Canada. I was in Ontario at the time, or you could write an aptitude test. So essentially they would say, if you're smart enough to pass this test, you're smart enough to take courses and in, uh, in college. So I was like, perfect. I'll do that one. And so I did, and I, I ended up passing the, you know, I ended up having good enough grades to pass. They didn't actually tell me what it was, but I was able to go to university. So I decided that I wanted to pick something that was going to be really stable and wasn't going to change. And so I decided to go into accounting because I mean, math, doesn't change. So I thought until I had kids (laughs) Um, (laughs) and now it's all changed, but, um, but I thought that that was really, you know, it was stable and, uh, you know, accountants kind of made good money and it just, it seemed like it was okay. I was really good with numbers. Um, I suffer from OCD. So I was like details were, that was my thing. That was my jam. Um, so I went and I did that and I enjoyed university. I enjoyed the courses, the people, the teachers and everything. So I thought, I think this is going to be really good. And then of course, following in paths, I went and started working in the government and I made it about a year. And then I thought, I can't do this. Like the thought of doing, you know, 40 more years of this before the potential of retirement, um, ate at my soul. And I thought, I, I don't want to do, I can't do this. Like, how are people doing this? And as I was looking around at some of the senior people, they all just really looked like, beaten up and tired. And like they just, and I just thought, I don't want that for my life. So what am I going to do now? I was very young. Um, and you know, thought that I could get away with anything. Cause of course at that time I dropped out of high school, found a way to go to university. So like I can take on the world, like there's mm-hmm. nothing I can't solve. So it was a Friday and I just like, I quit my job and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my boss, I had a fantastic boss who was very, very supportive. And he was like, I'm surprised you last as long as you did, to be honest. (laughs) Cause I was always the one that was like, why don't we try this? Or why don't we do that? Or why don't we like, and he's like, you can't stir stuff up in the government. It doesn't doesn't work that way. way. It's just this, it is literally, this is the way it's always been, but I'm like, but we need to change it. Like, and so I was getting in trouble there too, just like, just like in high school. And so I remember going out with my friends and celebrating and being like, woohoo, like I'm retiring and you know, this is really great. And then I woke up on Saturday morning um, going, what the hell have I done? Like, I have no money. I have no savings. I have nobody to go to, to say, you know, Hey, how do you start a business? Because again, um, to date myself, that was before Google. So I could not just Google and say, Google, how do you start a business? And it would tell me. So off to the library, I went to try to figure out, you know, how this was going to all work. And I decided that I was going to start my own accounting company. And I thought, well, I'll just start it. So I put an ad in the newspaper, I made a name, and then I sat there and waited and nobody called, (laughs) the phone didn't ring because nobody knew who I was. And I was like, well, this isn't very easy. (laughs) Like what, how do people do this? And so it really was like trial by fire and error of just really having to like go to people and say, Hey, I need help. Like, can, how, how am I supposed to do this? How can I do this? Can you refer me to anybody? And slowly I started realizing that word of mouth was going to be really important. So I took jobs 
for not a lot of money because I was just trying to get out there. And what did I know? I was young. And so I sort of built up that, that business and it really learned a lot through it and it grew and I still have it to this day. It's the one that I can't seem to let go of. Um, and then I decided, um, I was kind of in a bad relationship and I decided that I needed a change. So I moved across the country. Cause that just makes sense when you're young, right? Like, <laughs> my grandfather had actually said to me, when I said, you know, I just, I feel stuck. I'm not happy. And he said, you know, sometimes you just have to go back to the beginning and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was born in Alberta, which is across the country. So I'll just move back there. And he was like, that is not not what I I meant meant at all. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, you know, I mean, I was in, I was in my twenties that I was like, that makes perfect sense. We'll just do that. So, um, I had a really good team at that time. I had a team of eight people that were working with me and one of the girls was really interested in moving up. And so she kind of took over my role and I packed up all of my stuff and I moved across the country and started doing temp jobs. Um, I I was called temp Tanya for the longest time because I would just take any job. Like I was like, sure, we'll try. I worked in a hospital and then I left the hospital and I worked in like a petroleum refinery plant. Like it was just really obscure jobs. But I realized that I just, I didn't want to be like a peon. I didn't want to just be an employee. I wanted to be part of making changes and making decisions. And so I decided that I was going to start the business up again. So to me, I knew the accounting world. I knew how that worked. I knew how to get clients. So I started um, another branch out here. And shortly after that, um, I met my now husband um, who was an entrepreneur. He had a martial art studio for Taekwondo and I got my hands on that and started to grow that more because I was like, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm happy the way it is. Like I work and I just do that in the evenings. It's a hobby. And I'm like, no, no it needs to make money. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so I went in and started like revamping that. And then I realized, Hey, I can do more than one business. Like this isn't, this isn't really hard. And at the time my husband was working for a bread company for commercial bread. He would deliver it to stores and they were starting a franchising program. And so I got all of the paperwork and I was talking with people. And then we went to Edmonton for a meeting And when we get there, he's like, so what is this for? And I'm like, oh, we're going to look over the franchise agreement. And he's like, maybe we should discuss this more. You should know who you marry. (laughs) It's just like, no, let's go. This will be great. It'll be fun. And so it did take a little bit longer than that meeting, but it gave us an idea of like, what, what is a franchise? And we sort of jumped in with both feet. And so we had that for a while. And then I thought, well, I mean, I'm doing three businesses, like, let's add another one onto there. And so it just started growing from there. Um, But then I started to burn out because of course, that's absolutely impossible to do, especially when you have issues letting things go. So I wasn't delegating anything anymore. I wasn't building a team. I was just like, I'll do it all. And, um, and then of course I had a son too. So I was trying to like raise my son, be a good mom and run all of these businesses. And I just, I, I wasn't juggling anymore. Um, it was really like picking balls off the ground and throwing them back into the air as fast as I could. Like it was just, it was a very, it would have been a very bad circus show. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, but you were, I mean, the age in which you were though, cause you had a young child and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that is when you still have, at least I did 
the notion of like, I can have it all, be it all, do it all, like no problem, I'll figure it out, which is amazing. It's an amazing you know, outlook to have as an entrepreneur, but it is definitely the one that can get you in trouble the most. Well, and I think it really did because I felt like um, I really got stuck in the, I had so much success that was going around. I had so much things that were going. And then on top of it, I got the volunteer bug. So I was on like chamber boards and I was volunteering for the tourism board. And I mean, I was on about eight different boards, running four businesses, trying to raise a toddler, trying to be a good wife, um, which was the ball I let drop all the time. Cause it was yeah. the easiest one to let drop. And it wasn't until my son took his first steps inside of our business that I went, oh my God, I don't want this to be my story. And I don't want this to be his story. Um, Luckily he was a good baby. He slept wherever. So, I mean, I spent so much time where he was like in a little bassinet, like tucked under my desk and he would sleep and I would have client meetings and like clients didn't even know I had a baby underneath there. So I really was like, I lucked out um, in that aspect. But I, I think that I felt like, because so many people were constantly saying to me, oh my God, I just think you're amazing. Like you're on all of these boards and you run all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, gosh, I just don't know how you could, how you do it. And I felt like I couldn't go, I'm not doing it. I'm falling apart. Like I'm crumbling inside, but everybody was so proud of me that I was scared to say, um, I'm failing and I need help. Um, so I just kind of tried to keep going and then I got really, really sick. And to Mm -hmm. the point where my body was just like, fine, we're just going to start shutting down then if you're not, you know, if you're not going to listen. And, uh, and then I had no other choice, but to decide something's got to give and what is that going to be? Right. I mean, I just want to, I want to pause for a moment and talk about that pressure that you just described because Mm -hmm. it's absolutely a real thing. I've experienced it myself where all of a sudden, you know, everybody, the more kind of quote unquote successful you get, you know, some people think it's easier when it gets more successful, which I, you know, blows my mind because it just becomes more complex with a different set of pressure, you know? So, and to your point, you know, there's, there's only so fast you can run because you can't outrun it. Yeah. You know, that, and I think that's true. I think that it's always the perception that people had, you know, when I had the accounting company and I had eight employees, people would always say, when I would say, I'm so, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm so tired. And they'd be like, why are you tired? You have a successful business. You have eight employees you have. And I'm like, but every cent is going back into advertising to keep these people employed. So I'm not making any more than I was before. Like I'm still in the same income bracket because any of the extra money that these people are bringing in is just going out to pay them again or to pay the government or so there, I wasn't seeing, you know, it was hard to try to explain to people that there wasn't a benefit. Like I couldn't go, yeah, I'm building multi-million dollar savings accounts so that I can retire. I was still at that same level, but like you said, with more responsibilities and more pressure on myself, because now I wasn't just responsible for my livelihood. I felt like I was responsible for these people who were having babies, who were getting married, who were, you know, and I'm like, God, I don't want to like let them down on top of it. Right. I mean, and I think, you know, you hear that a lot, especially, I think I'm going to boil it down to a really simplistic example for folks listening is that, you know, when you hear, like, I'm, you say to somebody who's not necessarily in the entrepreneurial realm, I'm tired, or oh my gosh, I don't have no time, or whatever, and then they look at you and they go, well, can't you just make your own schedule? That's one yeah. of my favorites. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it, yeah, I guess you can, 
But I think to your point, when you're in those early stages, you know, and you're, you're in the building mode, it's the startup mode is like nothing else, you know? And I think oftentimes I have clients that end up with me when they're at like the five, seven, whatever year mark. And then they go, wait a minute, wasn't there supposed to be a time freedom aspect of this? Like, shouldn't I feel like I am free at some point? Um, so I think that's a good segue for us here. <laughs> so how do you get yourself out of that, that, that hole or that kind of rut or place in your life and you're just so overwhelmed? I think, well, I mean, getting sick <laughs> really helped to sort of force me to sit down and really take a look at everything I was doing. And I was trying to do numbers because again, that was my thing. Right. Numbers was my thing. So I would spell everything out on paper, but when I spelt everything out on paper, it all made sense. They were all successful. Um, so what do you give up? Like it doesn't, if a business was failing or if it wasn't making enough money, it was easy to go, well, we're just going to get rid of this one. It's costing us money. Let's let it go. But even the ones that weren't, you know, making huge profits, they were still paying for themselves. And there was that investment that I was going, but I put so much time. Like I gave five years to this. I don't want to just throw it away. It seems, it seems ridiculous. So it really came down to being really honest with myself. And I actually went away, um, where there was no cell phone and no TV and just sort of sat and went, you know, tried to imagine what would my life be like if, if I didn't have to do all of the tasks for this business or for this project, if I could get rid of that, what, what truly would it mean to me? And when I kind of went through a little bit of that mourning period of, of letting my ego go, cause that's yes, truly, that's, that, that's what it came down to. Mm-hmm. It came down to an ego because I was feeling, well, what are people going to say? And that's what I was always going back to. What are people, I live in a small town. What are people going to say? Um, and so I, you know, I had those days off and I sort of, I had the decision, the, this is the business that we need to let go. And the franchise was a really hard one because it was taking my husband away from us for so long, um, because he drove the truck. So he was out driving. I mean, he would leave at six in the morning and he wouldn't get back, um, you know, he'd get back into town around six at night, but then he'd go and do Taekwondo and he would, so he'd be back at 10 o'clock. And so having that conversation, especially with a spouse was really hard. Cause he's like, no, we're fine. And I'm like, but we're not fine. fine. Yeah. And what I realized was what I was seeing in him, um, was just a mirror of myself because uh, he was like, but we, you know, we always spend the weekends together. And I'm like, no, no you're napping the whole weekend because he was exhausted. So we would watch a movie and he'd fall asleep. And I'm like, this is not, this is not the way life is supposed to be. No. And so it was really looking at myself and going, I, something has to get, like, I have to get rid of something and I have to not care. And I had called my mom and, you know, sort of said, this is sort of what I'm going through. And she says, I'm going to say something to you that I think might be really hard for you to take, but I don't want you to answer. I'm going to say it to you. And then we're going to hang up the phone and I want you to just let it sit with you. And I was like, Oh, this is going to hurt. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, all right. And she goes, nobody gives a shit about what you're doing. Ding ding. And I was like, and then she just hung up and I was like, what? Like, but not even you, you're my mom. Come on. Like, come on. 
But when I really sat with it, I realized that most of the stuff that I was worrying about was stuff that I was creating. Because mm-hmm. yes, would would there be some clients that would be like, I can't believe you're closing. Oh my God, we're going to miss you so much. Yeah. But after a couple of months, they'd let it go. Because even when I thought about businesses that I knew that had closed, I was like, sure, I might've been like, oh, I can't believe you're closing. I loved your store or whatever. But I'm over it. Right? And it really didn't take me long to get over it. And so I, again, it came down to that ego part where I had to realize that everybody else is dealing with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So although there might be those, you know, I really miss what you're doing. Um, that really it was all stuff I was creating. I was throwing guilt upon myself. I was really creating it as a useless emotion because it didn't make any sense Mm -hmm. to keep this, to keep the stress because what if, someone might say this about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing was realizing that I think the biggest thing was realizing that, did I want to get out of the business at a good point? So when it was sort of breaking even, or even when is, when it was successful, or did I want to tank it and only get out when I had no other choice. Cause that inevitably is what was going to happen. I couldn't, like you said, I couldn't keep juggling all of the balls. So something was going to start losing because I couldn't keep up the pace anymore. Right. And I love the fact that you just said that, because I think I come from entertainment and theater background way back in the day. And they always would say TV show wise, you don't end a series, you know, when it's on the way down, you end a series when it's at its peak. Right. Because then you're not self-sabotaging and you're actually able to walk away dignity intact and you're not making an emotional decision. And you're actually also not running away from something. You're walking toward something, which yeah. it sounds like in your case was your freedom, your sanity, your health, you know, all good things. Um, but just to, just to set, just to hit home a little bit more on the people don't give a shit what you're doing thing, because I think there are a lot of our listeners out there you know, and it's very easy. You and I both know it's very easy to succumb to the hype and the, oh my goodness, you're so successful. And oh my goodness, like all this stuff. But, you know, like we said before, there is that pressure that goes with it too. But people tend to be a little bit more self-absorbed maybe than we think about it. And I don't self-absorbed in a bad way. Like they're selfish. Those are two different things to me. Um, But, you know, I think to your point, many listeners may be inventing those stories for good, bad, or ugly, that are keeping them stuck instead of allowing the release so that they can move forward. Right. Yeah. And I did, I did for, for many years, like, what are all these clients going to do without me? You know, and it, it took a lot, like it was probably a year and a half process for me to be okay with the fact that they will find someone else, no different than a relationship. Right. Like, yes, we would all like to think we break up with somebody and then they just sit in a corner and cry because how could their life go on without you? But the truth is clients will find another person to fill that need. They will find another person to bring them bread. They, you know, like they will find like, or somebody else will pop in. So I thought, do I want to think of this, that I'm taking something away from other people, maybe what I should do is change how I'm thinking of it in my head. And instead of giving that story of like, woe is me, I'm taking something away. Maybe I'm going to think of it as I'm giving somebody else the opportunity now to discover entrepreneurship. I'm giving somebody else the opportunity to fill this hole. 
Um, and when I started really doing that, and it took a lot of every time somebody would say something to me, you know, cause I'd get a lot of people that go, why are you closing? And I'm like, would you like it? Like you can buy it if you would like, <laughs> yeah. and then they would go, oh, well, no, 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 no. And I'm like, if you want to keep it alive, absolutely. Like I'll send you the, the sales sheet and everything on it. And that really stopped people because they would be like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> we don't, we just want it for the convenience. We just, yeah, want we just want you to do it. <laughs> Um, so, and, and it took a long time because even after, you know, when I had a craft retail store, even after I closed that, um, I would constantly get people who would be like, oh, well, if I would have known, I mean, I would have shopped there. And I was like, well, I was open for five years. You had five years to try, you know, and even just last week I had somebody say, you know, have you thought about reopening? And I'm like, well, we're in a pandemic right now is the worst time. And I've actually been closed for over two years. So no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'm very happy, happy with my decision. That's just a testament to the fact that, again, like, it's, and it's not something to take personal that they're not thinking about you either, folks. Who, for anybody who's listening, it's not like something to be like, why didn't you think of me? Like, it's not even about that bullshit because, again, that goes back to ego. It's yeah. about like people are in their own worlds, like, and also everything's cyclical. At least that's how I view the world. It's like things are cyclical. And to your earlier point. You didn't just walk away from something. You gave somebody else the opportunity to fill the hole and, and fill the need. And you gave yourself the time back because I can't even imagine that must have like given you hours back in your oh, like, so days, days, really. And you always will fill your time with other stuff. Cause I even like now I take a moment to stop and sit back and go, am I filling that time? with things that I need to fill it with because you just inevitably do. Well, now I have that time. I can work harder at these other businesses. So it was really hard to go, no, I wanted to save that time. So I'm not allowed to do anything during that time. Right. And actually be um, strategic about what you're opting to do. Cause you're right. Yeah. All of us entrepreneurs, especially the ones who like thrive in the busy, we feel yeah. weird when it stops. Like, well, and the other thing that was really hard is, um, when I got, when I let go of the retail store, I didn't sell it. I just closed it. Right. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of other business people really criticized me for that. They're like, you could have made money. And I'm like, but it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. Like I was leaving, I had paid off all of my loans that I had gotten when I had started it. So the store itself didn't owe me anything. Like I didn't have any debt. I, you know, so I thought, do I want to go through the issue of selling it? And if I do that, who knows how long it's going to sit on the market for? Cause again, I was in a small town. So that was an, another thing that I really had to come to terms with is, you know, do you want to go through selling it? I didn't want to be showing my financials to everybody. I just thought I'm just going to close it. And at the end of the day, I was a crafter. So let me tell you, I have a basement full of craft spots because I just took it all home. Which is um, pandemic, by the way. Which has worked <laughs> wonderfully. I didn't even know that. But um, it, that was that was also, a, you know, a hard decision to make, but one I needed to because I needed out. Um, and I knew I needed out now. I was starting not to like people um, because you get in retail, you get the weirdest. I don't know where these people live, but I would get, you know, I would have all of my lights in the store off and people would come in and go, it's really hard to shop when it's so dark. And I'm like, 
there's a lit sign that's not lit. There's a sign that says closed on the door and all of the lights are off. What else do you need? Like, so my, my filter of, oh, well, let me turn the lights on for you. I can open a little bit early was disappearing too. What are you, an idiot? Like, and I thought maybe it's time not to, you know, not to be there. So it was really sitting down and almost, you know, um, weighing a list of what is good about this business. What do I not like about it? And then with those not likes is really going, is this something that I can change? And is this something I want to change? Because just because I can change it doesn't mean I want to. And some things I would look at and go, I don't even want to change it. You know, I don't like the hours. I can change the hours, but I'm still not going to like the shorter hours or I'm not going to like the different days or, you know, so really diving in, is that really what I don't like? Or is there something deeper to it? Right. I mean, and I think that is good advice for everybody about anything, right? I mean, I think yeah. we, we tend to stay on the surface sometimes and they're like, like you just gave the great example. Well, I don't like the hours. Maybe I'll change the hours. Well, if the hours aren't the bigger problem, you're essentially just applying a band-aid to a gaping yeah. wound that needs stitches, you know? So being as a business owner, as, as entrepreneurs, as just people in general, I would say, you know, being able to dive into, you know, not just the surface level bullshit, and being able to yeah. really say, like, is this the life I architected? You know, in this, you know, in, it's not just a pain point right now. So I guess my question is, because I know I've been asked this too by clients, is like, when do I say when? What are those signals to say it is time to release? Like beyond like, yes, my health is failing, I'm hospitalized. Yes, I get that part. But, yeah. You know, those, those clues, like you said. I think like for me, obviously you're going to have days where you don't want to go to work, right? Like, I mean, we all have those days where we're like, I just want to stay in bed and kind of mm -hmm. have it. But it's when it like, when it became for me, it's when it felt like it was a job. Right. So I wasn't building anymore. I had no desire to, I was going in, I was running it and I was ending my day. Like I was clocking in, I was clocking out. Right. And then I realized that I had turned something that was such a passion when I started. It was something that I was going to build. And when you, you know, when you begin out in a business, you kind of build it as big as it could possibly get. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize that that dream halted, like I was like, I was just, um, I had now I had created myself a job. I wasn't an entrepreneur anymore. I was an employee who had paid for my own job. I'm, I was paying for my own job security is really what I was doing. And that's when I sort of said, okay, now I need to sit back and I need to look at this. Is this something I'm still passionate about? Is this something that I can, I can repassion myself on because I've had, you know, even with the accounting company, there has been times where I'm like, why, why do I do this? Like, I don't enjoy I data entry anymore. Yeah, right. Like have those moments. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, you know? Um, but then I sit down and I go, no, I can repassion. How can I look at this? How can I change this? I want to, you know, how can I tweak this? How can I change the way I'm interacting with my clients? And once I start getting that passion again, then I know, oh no, I'm still passionate about this, this train. But if you're sitting there and you're you know, you don't really have any ideas to grow it, or you're just constantly feeling stuck, or you're like, it just, it is what it is. Right. Like the business that is what it is. Yeah. If that's how you're feeling, then you need to make the decision. Are you okay with paying for job security? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to have that? Do you want to be an entrepreneur again? Because I think an entrepreneur to me is somebody who keeps growing. A business owner can be somebody who just has a job, 
Like this is it. This is my job. I get to make decisions. But an entrepreneur is somebody who's constantly moving forward and constantly thinking like, oh, like, how can I make this better? How can we, you know, innovate? How can we do something more? And so really sitting down and being honest with yourself. So this isn't something you have to tell anybody else, but this is something like, and I, this might make me sound crazy, but I literally sit in a mirror and have a conversation with myself (laughs) out loud, out loud. Like Tanya, is this really what you want to do? Why? (laughs) You know, and then I'll answer. Well, I mean, I've been doing it for five years. Why? Why have you been doing it for five years? Well, I don't know, you know, and it just keeps going and going. And then finally I will get down to the point where I go, oh, <laughs> I'm doing it because I feel like I should. Right. Because exactly. other people are expecting me to, not because I care, not because I want to. So I think really getting in touch with those feelings and being okay. It is okay to fall out of love with a business that you spent time with, just mm-hmm. like it's okay to get out of a relationship. Like you will fall out of love with your businesses. I have. And it was time to be like, you need to move on. Like, right, right. You just, you know, we need to go. And it was realizing that I think what happens a lot of times, and I got stuck in this, is that you start a business and you're supposed to keep that forever. You're supposed to be successful. And that is supposed to be, <laughs> that's what you do for life because that's kind of what we're trained, right? That's you go to university, you study, and that's your career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's realizing that you don't have to be what you are right now tomorrow. You can be something else, you know? And I think we're starting to see that more and more. And I know I'm seeing it, you know, even in my son, because one day he's like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And I'm like, fantastic. And the next day he's like, I think I'm going to build computers. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I'm back to YouTuber. And I'm like, right on. Like he's 14. I don't care. Instead of telling him he's crazy, because I feel like we were told that plenty. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I was can almost guarantee, like you said, like you didn't even fit in for high school because that model is very much, you and I probably can both agree on this, very much setting people up to be trained to work in government on a lot of levels, right? Like to be able to be an order taker, to fit in. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Let me make that clear. If that is your personality and that is, you know, as long as you have consciously made the decision that that is how you want to architect your life and how you want to set it up, wonderful. But for some of us don't think that way. You know, I can't imagine if my business is exactly the same five years from now, I'll probably go insane. (laughs) I think like you said, like, yeah, but that tipping point just to drive that home as well, guys, like there are going to be those days. Like she said, there are going to be the days when you're like, fuck this. Why am I doing this? Questioning your sanity. But I think it's when those days become a trend yeah. That you really need to, to examine it. And like you said, do those whys. The why exercise is just invaluable. I mean, people use it in corporate people just keep asking why until you run out of answers. Right. Yeah. And say it out loud. Like that was the one thing I used to always do it in my head. And then I realized mm-hmm. the power of the yeah. actual spoken word. So when you're by yourself, do that, like look in a mirror and ask yourself why, because you'll know if you're you know, you'll know if, if you're kind of sitting there going, Oh, I'm giving the stock answer (laughs) because you'll see it. I mean, I see it in my own eyes where I'm like, yeah, okay. Now I'm even, now I'm even trying to bullshit myself. Like, you know, that's not, that's not going to work, but it's, it's really having that dialogue. And, and sometimes I've had the moments where I'm like, 
hmm, is this, is this kind of heading towards the end? Cause I'm really not enjoying this. And then I sit down and I realize, no, it's not that it's how I've been structuring my day, yes. you know? Yes. So I've been putting all of the heavy stuff in the afternoon and I'm, I'm a morning person, so I'm better in the morning. So just shift shifting around my schedule worked. And then now all of a sudden, yeah. Okay. Now I'm feeling energized again. I'm enjoying my days. So sometimes mm -hmm. there are those little things that you can do to just change the way you're doing things or you think of things. And then again, you get that repassion again. Right. And sometimes you just have to go, it's time for us to break up. I love you. You've been good. It's not you. It's me. Um, but bye. <laughs> and it's okay to do that. Yeah, it is okay. The guilt, releasing the guilt, because no matter what, I mean, this goes for failures as well, right? No matter what it is, you don't walk away with nothing. That's yeah. impossible. You know, you walk away with that collective skill set. But if I'm hearing you correctly throughout all of this, I would say the number one thing to drive home is a level of self-awareness. Yes. And I think we say that on the show as well as kind of the number one key to resilience as well as, is self-awareness. And as an entrepreneur, like that is invaluable to really understand yourself inside and out. Like I know for me, I can predict to your point, like if I'm getting pissy with people and I'm getting like cranky and my, my emails are maybe not as pleasant as they used to be, or I just am complaining about, you know, getting on a podcast interview or a client, I know something's wrong and mm -hmm. it may not be the business. It just may be, like you said, I love the fact that you said it may just be tweak your damn day, go back to basics on how yeah. you want to show up every day. Yeah. And it might just be that you actually need a holiday because we don't take those, like exactly. take some time off, you know? And uh, you know, my, my mom all has always said, and it's been a quote that stuck mm -hmm. with me is guilt is a useless emotion that we bestow upon ourselves. Yes. And it's Absolutely. one that I've lived by. And I really stick to now because it's true. There is no one else in this world who can make you feel guilty. It's impossible for someone else to give you that emotion. So don't allow yourself um, and be a pioneer. Maybe you leaving that business or maybe you closing down and starting something else um, is going to inspire someone else who is looking at you going, oh my God, thank God she did it. Now I feel like I have permission because exactly. that's what happened. I actually had people come up to me and say, I really appreciate that you did it and the way that you did it and that you were okay with it. Because now when I close, no one's going to bat an eye. And I was like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> right. Exactly. And giving people permission to think outside the box. Like, you yeah. said. like, I mean, I think entrepreneurship is one big permission slip to think yeah. outside of the box. And, and I don't like seeing when there are kind of like boxes within the entrepreneurship box and you're like, no, no, no. The whole point is independently think and you know, revenue generate and stuff like that. But thinking outside the box is key and allowing people to, to do it for themselves is, is even better. Um, any last kind of tidbit you want to bestow upon, upon folks who are kind of sitting there going, uh, should I, shouldn't I, I don't know, I'm not happy. You know, one last tidbit you can bestow upon them. I think sit down and really make a list of all of the things that are bugging you about the business and then put it away for a day or so, or mail it to yourself or whatever. And then when it comes back, or when you look at it again in a couple of days, decide whether or not you want to die on that hill of changing that thing that you don't like. Um, if you do great. Now you, now you have a focus. Now you have goals that you can attain. And if you're like, I don't really care to change this, then it's okay. Be something else because you're allowed to change your mind. 
however many, I still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up and neither do you. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I mean, it amazes me when I get clients and I'm like, well, what do you want? Or how do you want this to be? And they're like, what do you mean? What do I want? I'm like, oh, friend, you can still dream. You can still, that's that's the plus of being an adult and a decision maker in your life. And I think, I think that that's true. I think there is nothing in this world as an entrepreneur that you're supposed to be or supposed to do that doesn't exist. So, you know, and, and I think the only other thing I would say is one of the things, you know, we were talking about failures and stuff. I don't think that failure is, uh, is a word that stays very long. I think you have a failure and then you make a choice. If you learn from it, it becomes a success because you've learned from it. And if you choose to learn nothing, then it becomes a mistake. So if people are sitting there and they're going, I feel like a failure, it's not a state that you can stay in. You, you're either going to go one way or another. You're either going to make a mistake or you're going to make a success. So just choose what it is that you want to do. Exactly. I mean, I'm a big believer that failure is not a person. It's a, it's a point in time, right? Yeah. So, so when people say I'm a failure, you know, I call, I call a little bit of bullshit. Like, no, you failed. That's fine. That's a, that is a snapshot in time on the long timeline that is your journey. Like yeah. it does not define everything. If we were all defined by all the things that we, you know, the moments we'd be screwed. Yeah. And just like when you're looking at your business, just decide that point, like, okay, now it's, it's time to go. Just don't let it tank and bankrupt. Like then, then you waited too long (laughs) if you're heading there. Right. Um, and no one needs to know. That's the thing. I think we get so worried and we get so stuck in that, that we think, you know, well, what it, nobody knows what your bank account is. Mm. Um, you know, and so don't worry about that so much. Nobody cares. Right. I mean, the thing that they will know is if you're miserable. Yes. Exactly. You know, that is, that is the key. If, if your family and your friends and those in your circles see how miserable you are, you know, then they know something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and happiness it. is a much more wealthy currency than the yeah. dollar bill. Yeah. And it always will be. Yeah. And we had another guest that, um, I just loved. She said, uh, joy is a KPI, the key performance indicator for her yeah. the company and her, and her employees, which is just beautiful. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you and, continue to take in the wisdom that you have to offer. Oh yeah. So the, probably the best place is just head to my website, which is foxtalksbusiness.ca. And uh, you can find me under the same thing, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, you can pretty much find me anywhere, but all of the links are, are on my website as well that people can find me. Wonderful. Thank you. And I'll be sure obviously to include all that good stuff in the notes for you folks. And I just want to say thank you again, because this is a topic that I feel like we talk about a lot about get to success, get to success. But you know, the release and move forward part is not necessarily talked about a lot. So thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Michelle. So at the end of the day, the thing that you always need to remember as an entrepreneur and just as a human being is that you are the captain of the ship. You're it, you know, so you at at any given time, have the ability to turn right instead of left. You know, life contracts aside, right? You have to take care of your kids and pay the mortgage and do things like that. But if you are in something, even if it's, even if you're succeeding at it and it just doesn't feel good anymore, or, you know, you're just miserable or not liking it anymore, then you have the power to make a choice to change things up. And that's exactly what today's guest did, folks, you know, and she's, she's brilliant, but so are you. 
and you are perfectly capable of making a choice that moves you closer to the ideal life that you want to live. So don't forget that. And on next week's episode, I am really happy. We're going to have a great conversation. I am welcoming Elaine the Brain Terso to the show. And if you have not heard her speak before, she is brilliant. We're going to talk about all things, you know, fear, self-sabotage, content planning, goal setting, tons of great topics in next week's episode. So you will not want to miss it. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and, you know, tell a friend who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.